We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. Rick Green and Walker Waldman. Uh, you get me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Walker on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So today, you get me. But tomorrow, we're going to surprise you and you get a little bit of Walker and me together. So looking forward to that as well. Let's hit a few of the headlines to start off today. And then we will, of course, be headed to the phones as well, 888-589-8840. If you'd like to get in line early, 888-589-8840. All right, everybody's talking about it. You were just listening to it during the break. Um, You know, uh, what's good for the goose, good for the gander. Classified documents at Joe Biden's office. Now, there's definitely some differences here. Uh, I don't think they're better. I think they're worse for Joe Biden than for Donald Trump. Of course, it was a you know the, the end of the world that Donald Trump had them. I mean, it was all anybody could talk about in Washington D.C. They wanted to arrest him. They wanted to you know bar him from ever running for president again. I mean, all of the stuff that that we all remember from uh, the uh, trumped up pun intended charges because that 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 has a whole new meaning to it now. Trumped up charges. I mean, that's that's literally what they've done to the man over and over and over and over again. Uh, at any rate, biggest differences are the fact that uh, Donald Trump absolutely, as president, had 100% the authority to declassify any documents he wanted to take with him. 100% his choice. Joe Biden, as vice president, had zero of that power. None. So that's a huge difference in the two. Uh, I I, I do think also just the way that um, the way the media has responded has been (laughs) extremely different between the two. Only as uh, Dinesh D'Souza has made clear, if you're not following Dinesh, a friend of mine, great guy, uh, does great with the movies and documentaries and everything else, but also just daily commentary. He's just always got, a, I think, a good take on what's going on um, out there. But, um, you know, as he points out, the only reason the only reason anybody goes after Trump over this stuff is because Trump is a threat to the swamp. He's a threat to the deep state, whereas all these others, Obama, Clinton, Biden, they violated this over and over again. They've, they've had tons of classified documents. Uh, the, the you know left-wing uh, liberal people like Sandy Berger get busted stealing classified documents and get a little slap on the wrist or ignored completely until the, the pressure is, uh, is put on them. That's, that's just, we know that. We know that. We know that's how the swamp operates. Uh, we fully expect that. But, you know, we got to talk about it because a lot of people that uh, that that don't pay attention and aren't aren't out there enough. Don't know that and and uh, and and don't realize just how bad uh, the two tier justice system is, and just how bad the um, you know the the the, re, the the difference in the reaction is going to be. So anyway, this is uh, this is going to be in the news a lot. I think over the next few days and weeks because apparently, and I just now read the headline, so I have not I have not dug in yet. I did not expect this. This is going the right direction. The Attorney General, an absolute political hack named Merrick Garland, um, is announcing the appointment of a special counsel to investigate President Joe Biden's handling of sensitive government documents. Uh, So this is this is the interesting part. Okay, Uh, they found the documents a week before the election 
And today, the White House press secretary, the biggest clown show in history. I mean, it is, it is no kidding. Ringling Brothers and Barnaby, Barnum and Bailey uh, every day with that woman. She's just the most inept, incompetent press secretary ever in the history of mankind. Um, I'm guessing that, um, you know, Caesar had a far better press secretary and every other person in history that had one. Uh, anyway, she, she's complete, uh, completely incompetent. But uh, today... For the first time, it seems, um, mainstream press is going after her. The, the only reason she's lasted this long, the only reason Joe Biden's lasted this long, is because they don't go after him. They give him a pass. Major media's given him an absolute pass on everything that they've done, covered for them on the border, covered for them on all of their bad policies. Uh, but, wow, today, I think it was CBS, ABC, I can't remember who the guy was, it was just really going after her. And, uh, and she didn't want the contention. She was like, we don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be contentious like this. <laughs> Just, you know, oh, boy. Anyway, I, I do think uh, there's a chance, there's a chance that the swamp may turn on Joe Biden. Uh, they, 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 I, I kind of thought that last year. I said, you know, maybe at some point they're going to have to get a better face for the party prior to 2024 so how do they do that they can't you know we kind of thought through this on the program remember we kind of uh yeah what's the right word there hypothesized is that there i don't know anyway we were uh we were dreaming and we were talking about the fact that if they got rid of joe biden prior to the uh november election the midterm election of november 2022 then then kamala harris would be the face of the party and she is even less popular than joe biden and so we thought yeah they're not they're not going to do that well now we're past the midterms They've got to get some sort of game plan in place. They mean in the Democrats prior to the 2024 election. And, and you may say, well, Rick, man, that's two years away. No, no, no. That's like 12 months away in terms of primaries starting. So think about that. Presidential primaries are only 12 months away. So so they're, the campaigns are, are going to be kicking into high gear within the next three or four months. For sure by summer, you're going to have the Iowa um, straw polls and, and the things that happen in the summer of the year before the presidential election kicking into gear. So, you know, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not in the back room. I'm not in the closed door meetings. I don't have a clue what the Democrats have planned. I don't have a clue what the Republicans have planned. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do. But could this be a hint that this this will be the way that they ultimately get Joe Biden out of the way and get somebody else in there? It's still the same problem with Kamala, though. I mean, we still have the cackle lady that 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 laughs at the most serious subjects, and no one in America takes serious anymore. Uh, if she is still vice president and Joe gets put to pasture, then the Democrat Party has a laughing stock embarrassment as the leader of their party, and I would think that spells doom for them in the 2024 election, not only in the presidential race, but way down ballot. So I, again, I'm not there. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I cannot imagine that's what they're going to allow to happen. M most likely they're looking for a Gavin Newsom or somebody like that, you know, that, that's going to be a little bit more palpable with the American public than Kamala Harris. So if they're going to remove Joe and they're going to use this document thing to do it, they got to do something about Kamala as well. But it does look like they're appointing a special counsel. Um, this is, uh, you know, could be that they're they're doing this. You know, I mean, all these special counsels typically are hacks, uh, and and it's rare that you get somebody that that's that's an actual patriot that's going to follow the evidence wherever it actually goes. I know that's what we see in the movies, and that's what we like to think happens, but it's rare that happens in Washington D.C. anymore. 
Um, I'm sure some people would disagree with me on this, but, you know, I think Ken Starr was the last one like that. Uh, Definitely a man of integrity and uh, passed away uh, this last year, actually. But, um, um, you know, amazing guy. And uh, anyway, so it looks like, uh, let's see, I don't don't know anything about this special counsel that he named. uh, Robert Herr, uh, former U.S. attorney in Maryland, is going to serve as special counsel. So believe me, in the next few hours, we will learn a lot more about who Robert Herr is. And uh, there'll be much talk about whether or not he's actually investigating Biden's um, Biden's, uh, uh, possession of these classified documents. But let's just point out the hypocrisy. I mean, it must be pointed out because uh, apparently people don't connect the dots anymore. This is the same guy and the same administration and the same party that acted like the world was coming to an end because Donald Trump had all these dangerous classified documents, which turned out not to be, um, while their guy had even more and far less secure. That's the other big difference Dinesh pointed out is that Mar-a-Lago is secure, Secret Service secure. This uh, this place that, uh, that that Biden had this stuff is think tank, uh, not secure at all. So there it is, folks. Uh, we'll see what, what happens with that one. Uh, one more headline I want to talk about before we go to the phones. 888-589-8840 is the phone number to call in. And uh, we'll head out to Les in North Carolina in just a second as our first caller of the day. But uh, I, I and this is bad news. This is you know good to bad to ugly. But um, it, it it's bad because it reveals just how foolish a nation we were over the last three years. It's good though because it's finally starting to come out. Here's uh, here's the news. This is uh, this was uh, posted hat tip to Dr. Eli David, uh, and uh, it's a paper by John. Ionides. If, if you don't recognize that name, he is the most cited physician in the world. Okay, so now uh, Peter McCullough, who we talk about a, a lot, another uh, noted expert, most cited on cardiac, uh, on um, heart issues, if I remember correctly. John Ionides, though, um, in, in, in incredible guy, came out immediately when all this stuff went nuts and tried to bring some common sense to the COVID crackdowns and was canceled and ignored and uh, you know, just shamefully. I mean, this, this guy should have been listened to. Anyway, he has done some significant research. Um, 31, this is, let me just give you the highlights. Across 31 systematically identified national seroprevalence studies in the pre-vaccination era, the median infection fatality rate of COVID-19 was estimated to be 0.034% for people aged 0 to 59 and point. Zero nine five percent for those aged zero to sixty nine, and then uh, let's see, did he get any? I don't think he gave the numbers for over seventy. Okay, so the point is, pre-vaccination infection. This is the way Dr. David put it. I agree. Pre-vaccination infection fatality rate of COVID was much lower than that of seasonal flu. For those under sixty years old, there was no pandemic. They destroyed the world over nothing. Now, I know some of you are going to tell me, oh, Rick, it wasn't nothing. It's my, so-and-so died or so-and-so got sick. And, and, and Okay, nothing compared to what we normally deal with, what is a normal, not out of the ordinary, not like a you know 50-year flood. Everybody acted like this was the – and remember, they labeled it from the beginning the novel coronavirus so that everybody would go, oh, my goodness, this is the big one. There's never been anything like this. This is the worst thing that will could ever happen, and so that's why we have to be so so uh, overreactive in our in our responses. And it's absolutely not true. Now, I, I 
I try not to say I told you so. But I'm telling you, I told you so on this one. I'm, I told you so in late March of 2020. We were only a month into this thing. And the Diamond Princess came into port. They had all the numbers from the results of that. Coronavirus had swept through that entire cruise ship. And the percentages were not alarming. It was not something that you shut down the country over. It was like a bad flu, which Donald Trump said, and they lambasted him for it. And I, from that point forward, said, we are overreacting. This is not Ebola, 50% case fatality rate. This is not Spanish flu, 2.5% case fatality rate. This is not yellow fever, 25% case fatality. It's none of those things. It's, and I said back then, when it's all said and done, when we finally get the truth, about how many people had it and how many people actually died from it, it's going to be 0.1% or less. I've been saying that for almost three years now. And here we have the studies to prove it. 0.034% up to 59 years old, 0.095, still under 0.1 for 0 to 69 all combined. And it's only when you get over 70 and only when you get into the comorbidities and all of those things that you can even get to a 0.1 or higher and even then it's no worse than a bad seasonal flu so the data is proving it think of the cost think of what it has cost us because we let them take this and overblow it and we ignored the science and the data right in front of our noses it was right there and we ignored it as a nation how many jobs gone? How many businesses gone? How many, how many families bankrupted? How many suicides? How many, how many people fell back into addiction? How, many, how much more domestic abuse? How, how much uh, the delay of learning for the vast majority of children in America? I mean, we could go on and on and on. The damage that was caused by this for nothing not as bad as a seasonal flu, and yet here we are. It's absolutely unbelievable, and what we have to do is learn from it. Not just complain about it. we got to learn from it and say never, ever again, not on my watch. We need to understand the proper role of government when it comes to something like a pandemic, an actual pandemic, and we need to start using our logic and our common sense again and be willing to say no to tyrants. Obedience, uh, disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God. Some people live that out during this thing. And uh, they need to continue to be our heroes. We'll be back in a moment. 888-589-8840 is the phone number. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You are listening to At The Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The book of Proverbs is one that flows with abundant insight for wisdom. It shows that one of the most prominent qualities of wise people is that they welcome and even celebrate life-giving correction. In today's world, overrun by cultural Marxism, there is much discussion as to what segments of our society hate themselves. Well, Proverbs gives the answer. He who rejects life-giving correction despises himself. The truest demonstration of self-hatred is revealed by knuckleheads who refuse to humble themselves and embrace life-giving correction. Loving rebuke saves lives. Correction displays love. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III. 
public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Feeling overwhelmed is a natural part of life for any girl. School can be stressful, a messy room can feel daunting, and a fight with your best friend can feel catastrophic. Part of growing up is recognizing the weight of our responsibilities and our commitments. Feeling consistently overwhelmed, though, that's a sign of a deeper issue. If your girl is experiencing a constant state of overwhelm, seek out ways to calm her and bring her back to the present. Christian counseling or medical intervention is an important avenue to explore when faced with a mental health condition like anxiety. Next time your daughter is overwhelmed, seek help and remind her of the words of Psalm 142.3. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Director of the AFA Foundation, Riley Wildman. Here in the Foundation, we help families just like yours to shore up permanent income for their retirement years through our charitable gift annuities. Riley has served as the Director of the AFA Foundation for over a decade. A charitable gift annuity is a gift to American Family Association. Not only are you giving to the Lord's work, but you'll receive a lifetime income and excellent tax benefits. Contact the AFA Foundation today to learn how you can shore up permanent income for your retirement years while supporting the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association. A charitable gift annuity benefits you and helps ensure the AFA will impact America for generations to come. Give us a call today at 800-326-4543. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. The AFA Foundation, the Financial Stewardship Division of the American Family Association. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to At the Core with Walker Robin and Rick Green. Rick Green today, America's Constitution coach. We are uh, we're talking about the well, the documents uh, found in uh, Joe Biden's office for one topic, and then the other one we're talking about the data that continues to flow in uh, to show just how wrong we got it when it came to COVID. You know, I said for uh, for you know really the last almost three years, I said the most highly educated idiots in history are running the country and that this will go down in history as the worst mistakes, worst public policy decisions in the history of the United States. And uh, I firmly believe that, and I think uh, the data will bear that out without question, and most people know it in their gut already. Um, Horrific public policy mistakes, and the number of people that died as a result of these bad decisions. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get good data on how many people died of COVID that would not have died of COVID if the government hadn't lied to the American people, if we'd gotten the treatments out there, if we'd told the truth about what would prevent COVID and how to treat COVID. Now, you know, we wouldn't have saved everybody because if you had, you know, multiple comorbidities and you were going to die in the next six months anyway, that's those were the people most susceptible and it and it and it got them. It almost got my dad. My dad was, you know, I mean, on his deathbed for weeks and, and got oxygen levels down in the 70s. It was horrible. I mean, he we didn't think he was going to make it. Uh, and it and and, you know, thankfully found a doctor that got him on hydroxychloroquine. And my sister did a phenomenal job of of nursing him back to health. And it took a long time to get him back to health. And he's not, the, you know, it, it aged him significantly. 
Um, and and so you know a lot of lot, that happened to a lot of people. And the worst part is most people were not given the treatments. They were shoved into an into a uh, ICU and 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 a, and a and a ventilator was shoved down their throats, and they were they were killed. They were killed by the medical industry because the medical industry refused to tell the truth, and the government refused to tell the truth. And the whole thing. You want to know why they didn't tell the truth? I mean, let me just give you let me, let me give you the unabashed truth. And, and and just let the chips fall where they may. They lied to you because federal law says if there is any other treatment, you cannot do an emergency authorization vaccine or any other treatment. You can't do an emergency authorization um, uh, treatment. In other words, you can't you can't rush through at the FDA and everywhere else some treatment, whether it's vaccine or something else. You can't rush that through under an emergency authorization, therefore bypassing the years of research that should go into approving something that you're going to put into millions of bodies and absolutely should go into something that you're going to turn around and require of people to put in their bodies. And we skipped all that. And we skipped all that because the government lied to us and said, number one, that it was an emergency, that it wasn't. Number two, that there was no other treatment for COVID, nothing out there, nothing that worked, even though Study after study after study after study, and, and early in the process, there was uh, 20-something studies that showed ivermectin was working, hydroxychloroquine was working, all these things, not for everybody, no, nothing was a magic bullet, you had to actually practice medicine, meaning that you, you had to you try different things and, and figure out what was working, budesonine for some, and, uh, and, and, and all of that was kept a secret, and I would argue that hundreds of thousands, if not more than a million people in the U.S. and millions worldwide, died of COVID because the government withheld from them the very treatments that would have saved their lives. It's the crime of the century. Maybe the crime of, if you look at the total of those deaths, maybe the biggest crime in history. All so that they could pay for those vaccines with your tax dollars and then force those vaccines into your body and everybody else's and make Big Pharma hundreds of billions of dollars. And now look at where we are. After all of that, after all of the all of that push, all of the lines so that they could push the vaccine on people, and now we've had more than 270. Here's a Epic Times article in Epic Health: more than 270 deaths in U.S. athletes after vaccination. That's a peer-reviewed letter. Okay, these are you know we keep seeing that you know we're watching these these professional athletes, these college athletes, these high school athletes dropping dead of cardiac arrest. And I, I know pe- some people say this never happened before. Of course, it happened before. Once in a blue moon, it didn't happen almost every day. And that's just the athletes that are on television where there's a camera rolling, let alone the thousands and thousands of other people. And, and the VAR system, the reporting system uh, for vaccine injured uh, injuries, is our, already showed very quickly when the vaccines were released, hundreds of thousands of serious injuries and tens of thousands of deaths as a result of it. And yet they still pushed it on people. They still forced people to get it, still kept the the mandates, not just the suggestion or it's available to you, but the mandate to keep your job, to go in certain places, to be in the military. I mean, all of these things that they did, absolutely unconscionable. Now, this is what should have happened. We should have been reading articles that said something like this. Nine states and in Pittsburgh and its suburbs, uh, the vaccination programs were suspended today. Two weeks after they began nationally, 
after the deaths of three elderly persons who received the vaccine yesterday at a clinic in Pittsburgh. Federal and Pennsylvania health officials said there was uh, no evidence that the deaths had resulted from the vaccinations, but they also said that these highly unusual circumstances of three fatalities among the patients of one clinic in such a short time required investigation. So an investigation happened, and guess what? They found out 45 people died from the vaccine, and they pulled it. They stopped the, the, the mass campaign that they were doing nationally. Now, this was not COVID, unfortunately. This was swine flu, and the article I'm reading to you from was October 12th, 1776. I'm sorry, 1976. 19, in 1976, we had the same kind of overreaction we had the same kind of, oh, the whole, everybody's going to be a part of this. And you had this national campaign. It wasn't near as bad as our, the, the current situation, but it was still, you know, the, the typical overreaction. And, and and 45 people ended up dying from, from the, the swine flu vaccine. And just 45 people dying was enough to stop the insanity. We've had, well, I, I don't know when we'll get good data. The VAR system says tens of thousands have died. Um, supposedly based on, you know, all the research and whatnot, they tell you it's maybe one in four of the deaths actually get reported in VAERS, so it's four times that. Um, You know, I've seen some articles say that already millions around the world have died as a result of this vaccine, and yet it still hasn't been pulled. Not only has it not been pulled, Joe Biden is still out there telling you to give it to your six-month-old when kids have almost zero risk of COVID. I mean, and, and I realize it's not zero. I said almost zero. It's like 0. 0.0000. I mean, the numbers I just gave you, you're, you're, the chances of dying from COVID, according to uh, this age uh, stratified infection fatality rate uh, study that, that I was just mentioning earlier, at, at, at zero to 19 years old, get this. Guess how many zeros you got to say? 0. 0.0003%. That's your case fatality rate for 19 and younger. Let me let me let me say it again. 0.0003%. It it is almost unnoticeable. At 20 to 29 it's 0.002%. Folks, we shut down earth over this thing and it was all an excuse for big farmer to make a bunch of money and for the leftist control freaks to tell you what to do, to micromanage your life, to make you wear the mask, to make you, you know, obey government and and, 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 and and to get in line. And I know I sound like some crazy conspiracy theorist right now. If I, if I, if you played this program for me, if you could record it and go back in time, get in a time machine and go back in time and play it for me five years ago, I would have said that guy's nuts. That guy's crazy. He's, he's, he's a boogeyman under every rock. And it, No, now I realize the boogeyman's there. These people hate you. They do not care about you. They do not have any kind of Judeo-Christian worldview, so they have no concept of right and wrong. It's it's the end justifies the means with these people. It's all about power. It's evil. And and for us, I, I, I hadn't seen it up close like this in my lifetime. I read about it, Hitler and Stalin and you know, Pol Pot and all of these 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 tyrants in history that that killed with impunity and murdered millions of people. I could read about that in history, but I never thought I would see it in my own country, see it happen around the world. To Every civilized country on the planet fell for this thing and jumped in. 
Sweden being the, 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 the exception of, of didn't go quite as far. And then the African nations were way ahead of the rest of us and refused to, to use the vaccine to the level that it's uh, uh, been done everywhere else. And they, they f- fared far better because of that. Uh, but I just I just couldn't believe that people would so flippantly allow for death and so flippantly and so easily lie to the American people and withhold the information that would have saved lives and then forced on the American people these medical experiments that are ultimately going to kill millions of people and are already have already have so I know I'm, I'm I'm over the top today to some people but I'm just giving you the truth folks this is exactly what's happening out there okay all right I'm gonna take a breath take a breath we'll go to the phones and then uh, and then uh, we'll see if any people agree with me or or if y'all think I'm crazy all right uh, phone number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. First caller up is Tom in Alabama. My mama's from Mobile, Tom. I'm not sure what part of Alabama you're in, but uh, roll tight. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there in Chungchula. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thanks All for calling right, in, man. Hey. Well, well, it's my whole deal with this COVID. I mean, they lied to us about wearing the mask. Anybody that had OSHA training... On, on PPE yeah. and military training, already knew it was a joke. That's right. That's why I was kicked out of stores or kind of chased out of stores. Uh, I wasn't going to put up with that junk. But yeah. then my dad got COVID at 86 years old. We, we gave him a dose of ivermectin. On his third day, he would have got a second dose. He had uh, he already had such good improvement after 24 hours, like they advertised with that stuff. And but he fell, so we had to get him to the hospital for X-rays, and he had mm. COVID. So they they gave him remizidir, oh, no. which is a fifty-four percent of fifty-four percent mortality rate on the yeah. kidneys. So that's yeah. what killed a lot of people oh. in the hospital. Yeah, was the remizidir. Now my dad was a diabetic with kidney issues already from Agent Orange from Vietnam. So. Why would these medical blunders, and I'm, I'm, uh, I don't mean that for a thoughtless word, but that's what no, they are. I agree, man. I agree. Well, what happened to you? Is that, did your dad end up passing away uh, at the hospital? Oh, or, yes. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he passed away. Now, he got, out, oh, he got out of the hospital, but they failed to feed him and make sure that he, uh, he didn't even have a bowel movement for two weeks in the hospital. They had to unplug him. 86, and, you said he uh, was? went through some pain. And then, and then he finally died in the re in the rehabilitation center. Yeah, and you said he was eighty six. Uh, I mean, uh, yep, eighty six years 86. old. And he, uh, oh, my mom had COVID too, and she's eighty seven now. She lived. Uh, she didn't even take nothing. Wow. So Man. I'm just there, like, come on, people. No kidding. Well, I, I, I hate to hear about up. the. Yeah, I hate to hear about the loss of your dad. I, I hate the way uh, so many like that were treated. You know, when my dad got it. And went through that right after that, you know, he had friends uh, all over, you know, Texas and Arkansas and other places that that got it. And every time he would hear that they were being taken to the hospital and put on a ventilator, he knew that and, and almost every one of them that that happened to, they died. And, and he just, you know, he hated it. But um, we all did. And, and, and just the the way that the medical industrial complex handled this thing was just uh, I, I again, I, I would have said five years ago, ah, Rick, come on. But the truth is, they were they were financially incentivized 
to use remdesivir. They were financially incentivized to use the ventilators. They were financially incentivized to lie about the cause of death uh, with a lot of these people. And so these, these ridiculous federal laws, and, and listen, I you guys out there know I'm an equal opportunity critic. Those initial COVID relief packages were passed under Donald Trump, and they were supported by a bunch of Republicans. And a lot of the, and it was mostly Democrats, but were supported by a bunch of Republicans too. And and the and the junk that was in there, and this is the whole reason I preach so much about the proper jurisdiction of government. The federal government should not have been involved in COVID at all. Not one red cent. None. It failed miserably. And so it's been actually been, if we would actually pay attention, it's been a great case study for why. The founding fathers were so brilliant in limiting the role of the federal government and giving the federal government zero authority, zero authority when it comes to your health. So not only should there not be an Obamacare, there should be no federal response in a pandemic. That is a state issue. And any federal response at best should be coordination and that kind of thing. But zero money should have been spent and and zero mandates and zero requirements and zero incentives. So the federal incentives to claim that you died of COVID, even if you died of a gunshot wound, which there's multiple documentations of that kind of craziness with gunshot wounds, with uh, uh, car wrecks and all kinds of things, and they still said that the person had died of COVID. Unbelievable. But um, that's just that's just it was all money motivated. It bailed out all these hospitals. It bailed out states. We gave tens of billions of dollars to California and New York and a bunch of these states claiming COVID as the reason. But what we were doing was bailing them out for years and years and years of horrible decisions, left-wing policies. So I you know, I, I don't know if that answers your question or not, Tom, but it, with regard to why these hospitals made these blunders. But I, in my opinion, it was, it was the money. It was the political pressure. It was the cowardice of doctors and administrators and, and other healthcare professionals not willing to stand up and say this is wrong. And let me tell you what's happening here. And that cowardice came about because of the uh, anti-free speech cancellation of doctors. When I got when I got first got put in Facebook jail, it was for sharing a video of two medical doctors who had treated 5,000 COVID patients and they were simply sharing what they had learned. And that and, and when you cancel me for that and you cancel doctors for that, it starts silencing people. And so then you only had the echo chamber and you only had the one mantra coming from Anthony Fauci. And, and Pope Fauci did more damage to this country than any other single individual in the history of America. I've said that a thousand times over the last three years. I'll say it another million times before I'm dead. And, and, and because it was his mantra and his religion that was forced on the medical community, it was then forced on the nation. All right, folks, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to calm down. We're going to come back in just a moment. 888-589-8840. we got a ton of phone calls waiting. We'll get to as many as we can. You're listening to At the Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. So they asked me to enter my email address. And the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away, sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. 
AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Here's Steve Tiber, president of 8 Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives, even children. Did you know the average age of a child who's trafficked in America is 12 years old? 8 Days of Hope has decided to be a part of the solution with the body of Christ around the country. It's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters in our country, and that's a good thing, but there's less than 1,000 safe places for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking to go to. I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and end this human tragedy. At 8 Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry, and for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House construction ministry, please email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on healthcare costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you miss the December 7th deadline for open enrollment, it's not too late. Here's something that can really help. It's MediShare 65+. plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. It's people who encourage and pray for each other, too. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. Plus, it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. So worth looking into. MediShare 65 Plus is open for enrollment. And if you join right now, before January 31st, your second month will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to At the Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. Rick Green with you this afternoon, America's Constitution coach. And, uh, man, I wish I had a three-hour program. That's just, uh, you know, it's Rush Limbaugh's uh, birthday today anyway, so happy birthday, Rush. Uh, I was reading Bo Snerdley's uh, text. I agree with Bo. He's missed. Rush has missed. Loved and, uh, man, uh, still has a great impact. I consider myself a Rush baby, to be honest with you. I, a lot of what I think and believe and am passionate about, I, I learned from Rush in the early 90s and when I was going to law school and and, uh, and in the early you know years after that, hot topics would come up. And, and I always knew I could I could tune into Rush and get an interesting take and an unusual take. A lot of these conservative, quote, you know, commentators, I can tell you what they're going to say before they say it because they say the same thing over and over again. I try really hard not to become that guy. It's part of why I haven't talked about COVID in so long because I've been, you know, ranting about this from the beginning and I just don't want to bore you with being repetitive. But this this study just had me had me fired up this morning when I saw this. But anyway, I uh, would love to have three hours to talk about it uh, like Rush used to do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Snurdly. Happy birthday to Rush. Um, uh, one other thing before we go back to the phones. Uh, man, what a difference. I don't know if you've noticed the bills that are are, are being filed in the, in the House of Representatives in Washington and, and are being heard. I mean, man, this infant born alive bill, folks, think about that. 
this bill was 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 just all it was saying was if a baby survives a botched abortion you ought to let the baby live i mean it fought through the abortion and survived you ought to give it medical care and take care of it the democrats they want to they want to do the awful horrible stuff that they do when that happens they literally wheel these babies into a closet close the closet and just wait for it to die that's what they do and 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 this goes all the way back i remember when when barack obama voted twice in the illinois senate against uh this idea of saving these babies that survive a, a botched abortion i knew back then just how evil that man was just from that vote well they just voted on this in congress and only one democrat one voted uh for life and for saving those babies all republicans voted uh to save those babies and all democrats except one if i if i'm reading i, I thought it was all democrats but according to lauren Boebert's uh, tweet a couple hours ago she said we have one pro-life democrat in the house every democrat except one voted against giving babies medical care if they survive an abortion. Democrats also always argue to trust the science. The science says these are babies, and they should receive the life-saving care they need. That's from Lauren, uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert uh, out of Colorado, one of our Constitutional Live grads and a, and a great gal. Anyway, interesting that that's the bill getting voted on in the House. They're also talking about they're working to get rid of the 87,000 new IRS agents, actually uh, going to have a vote on getting rid of the IRS completely and going to that consumption tax. That's what Camille had called. I think it was Camille. Uh, Tuesday had called about, and I, I didn't realize that I had no idea uh, they had even allowed that discussion to take place. That's huge, man. I mean, that's the kind of stuff these Republicans in the in the House are pushing for. Also, this other bill, only American flags flying over U.S. embassies. That should be a no-brainer. But of course, the Democrats on the left, uh, they want BLM flags and pride flags and all this insanity representing uh, America in these embassies. And so the Republicans are saying no, only the American flag. So a pretty, pretty interesting contrast when what the Democrats are talking about and wanting to do is uh, get rid of your um, your stove. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. These people don't want you to be able to have a gas stove anymore. So the most hilarious tweet I've seen in a while, I don't know who this is, Megan Maureen, uh, she said... <laughs> She said, my electric stove protects you and your electric stove protects me. We're all in this together. Uh, That's funny. Come on. While we're talking about COVID and how ridiculous it all was, that tweet is funny. All right. Let's head back to the phones. Let's see. uh, We had Tom in Alabama. How about Lewis in Texas? Lewis, what part of Texas you calling from and what's your comment or question? Oh, we lost Lewis. Okay. How about, um, let's see. Is it Jamie? Oh, no. Number five is Patty in Virginia. Patty in Virginia. All right, headed over to Virginia, Hello. The land of Thomas Jefferson, James Madison. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, um, I think what's frustrating is if we have all this evidence about COVID, then why aren't you know any kind of lawsuits being brought up against them? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is frustrating. I, and I listen again, equal opportunity critic. I'm a Reagan fan. I got a kid named after Ronald Reagan. I got another one born on his birthday and used to have a dog named Dutch. But Ronald Reagan is the one that signed the bill that gave vaccine manufacturers immunity the idea being um we want them to do research we want to have you know good science and good vaccines and all that kind of stuff um but unfortunately it has been absolutely abused and so um there is a there is immunity under under that law however they committed fraud in this case so i i think that's going to get pierced i think you're going to end up with a ton of lawsuits 
uh, they, they lied about their studies. They withheld information. They wanted us to not be able to get access to their studies and their research for 75 years. I mean, why, why else would they want to do that? They knew they were hiding their fraud. So I'm hoping they can be held accountable. And and I will say, Patty, the other uh, the people that need to be held accountable are the public officials. And if Rand Paul has his way out of the United States Senate, Anthony Fauci absolutely is going to be investigated now. The Republicans in, at the, took over the House have been promising that they're going to investigate Fauci. They better follow through on that one because Pope Fauci, if anybody, needs to go down over this thing and needs to be held accountable for, for, for what took place. The other, the other person that I think needs to be held accountable is the Secretary of Health and Human Services because the law that I was talking about earlier that says you, you can't do an emergency authorization on a medical procedure, vaccine in this case, but you can't do that if there's any other treatment or any of that, also says that if you do an emergency authorization, you must, you must train and educate the medical professionals on all the pros and cons. You have to tell them about about the dangers about the risks you have to tell them you know um if there is you know all, all all the ups and downs in other words and then they have to tell the customer the the the, the patient every one of us was supposed to be educated on those things did that happen absolutely not it also required them to tell you if there was a potential other treatment like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or whatever else it might be they didn't do any of that so I think, Patty, that, that that we're far. This thing's far from over, and I think, and this is one of those times. I'm I'm not always with the trial lawyers because they sometimes sue over silly stuff. In this case, I sick them, sick them. Come on, trial lawyers. This is this is where this is where you should be heroes. You should be going after all these big pharmaceutical companies and the federal government and state governments that did this. If if you were a if you were a state health commissioner. Are you a governor like Abbott that just rubber stamped this stuff and pushed it on the on the people of Texas and 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 pushed the mandates and didn't question and didn't champion uh, the treatments, didn't talk about the treatments? They should everybody that did that. There should be lawsuits against them and 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 and, uh, and the people that were injured as a result of their bad information, their lies and deceptions should be compensated. Really good question, Patty. Appreciate you calling in. Okay, let's get to the next one. It's uh, let's see. I think it's Jamie. Jamie in Texas. Jamie, go ahead. Yes, I was calling. I I was talking to the screeners. So I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but of all the bad things that happened to our country during COVID, the thing that that hit me the worst was were the poor people that had to die alone oh. and their the heartache that oh. their families felt because they they couldn't be with them. And to this day, and to this day, uh, haven't haven't had the opportunity to grieve. And haven't had, didn't get that opportunity to say goodbye. The videos that I watched of, of you know, eight people being allowed at the funeral and having to separate by this stupid six foot social distancing that was made up in the White House out of thin air without any scientific data behind it, and a mother is crying. As she's lost her husband, she's sitting there crying. Her son moves the chair over to sit by her and comfort her, and the whoever the the enforcer was at that funeral comes over and separates the two of them and do, does not allow the son to comfort the mother that's the kind of stuff i think that you're that you're referring to and and then well that 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 was not as bad as what you're referring to which is these people that had to literally die alone they had to die alone and many of them spent months alone do you remember the images of of elderly couples having to ha- having to say hi and and put their hands on the glass 
and 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 try to speak to each other through the glass or through these ridiculous plastic things, folks, we lost our minds. We did things that were, I mean, it was a Romans 1, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. I, the, the, if I could replace the word fools with idiots, I think it would be a better translation at this point. Uh, it was horrific. And that evil that was done can never be made right. It's too late. It's too late. Those those moments are gone. So, Jamie, I, I, I could not agree with you more. It grieves me to this day. I had friends that this happened to. We all heard the stories and watched the stories. And that's why I would say never forget. You cannot forget what these people did because they will gladly do it again. In a heartbeat, they want to control you, and they need to pay for what they did. That's why I am not one of these people that says, oh, just forgive and forget. We just didn't know. You know, we didn't know. No, no, nobody knew what to expect or what was happening. So everybody messed up. You remember the the, the cry for that from the left a couple of months ago? That's a bunch of. Um, what's the nice way to say this? I'm trying to use good language here. <laughs> that was, that's a bunch of lies. It's a bunch of lies. We did know. We absolutely knew that it was ridiculous what we were doing, and we said so. And they still did it. They still treated people this way. They still sent. sent you know. Uh, anyway, the, it, it, it is. It, I am not ready to forgive and forget. Now, I realize as Christians, we forgive. You forgive individuals, but you don't forgive policies. You don't forgive governments. You don't for, You don't just say, oh, never mind, it's okay, don't worry about it. Someone murders your kid, you can forgive them as a person, but you don't forgive the, the, the action, and you must hold them accountable, and the state must respond and still put them in jail for what they did. So we, we, we have this warped view of forgiveness in the Christian community, I think, sometimes. Forgiveness is not what is is expected at, at this point. Right right now, what we need is justice, justice for what happened to an entire nation and an entire world. That's what we need is justice. Okay, let's go to uh, Dennis, also in Texas. Dennis, I'm going to take a breath while you get a chance to comment. Go for it, man. Hello? Yeah, we got you, Dennis. Go ahead. Well, first of all, you're not over the top at all. You're just telling it like it is, and... Uh, what was conspiracy five years ago is, is turned out to be that it wasn't a conspiracy at all. It was the truth. Yeah. But I, I do have a quick, quick question for you, Rick. Sure. How much does the hospital get for claiming that somebody died of COVID? Yeah, I can't remember the numbers. I know it was like 13 grand if they had to use a ventilator, and it was, uh, I think, three grand if they used remdesivir. And, and I'm, I don't have anything in front of me right now, so I don't remember the numbers. Oh, yeah. It's been months and months and months since I looked at that, that particular thing. Um, and then I, I forget on the death thing, but it was, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a lot. It was, I, it, 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 it may have been as much as 20 grand. And so it, it uh, uh, I, I, it was staggering. And remember, when they when they passed that bill, those initial bills, it was, I mean, hundreds of billions of dollars, and that's money that we can't even fathom. It's hard for us to put our mind around that. And then it ended up being more than a trillion. Before it was over, we spent around six trillion dollars, uh, and of course, we ended up paying people to stay at home and all the other things that we did. Uh, and and anybody out there, if you got PPP money, if you did an employee retention credit, all that kind of stuff, I am not dissing on you at all. I actually said to everybody, take the money, go get the money. It's damages. For what the government has done to you, and 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 they're going to they're going to spend it anyway. And if only the people on the left take the money, you're going to have the greatest transfer of wealth in human history. And 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 conservative businesses and churches and other organizations that that are doing good in the community, they're going to come out of COVID weak, and the people on the left are going to come out of it strong because they took the money from you and gave it to them. 
So I said to everybody, take the PPP money, get your employee retention credit. And by the way, if you haven't done an employee retention credit, you need to look into that. And you could, we're actually helping people do those over at Patriot Academy. But I just, the amount of money was staggering. In the end, it was close to $10 trillion dumped on the market. Six trillion specifically for COVID. I forget all the breakdown, but roughly ten trillion dollars dumped on the market, and that is why we now have inflation. That is why we have this out of control. And I think twenty twenty three. Get ready, folks. Buckle up because the economic front's going to be ugly. Now, on the positive side, the political front people are waking up, and we've got a chance to. We've got a window of opportunity to turn this thing around. But on the economic side. Get ready, because I, th- I think we're in for tough times. You can't do what we just did, dumping all that money on the market and paying people to stay home, supply chain, all the problems that are happening. Uh, we're just getting a taste of it. it. It comes a lot more downstream. Okay, we've only got about 90 seconds left. We'll try to get in one more call. Angie is in Arkansas. Angie, go for it if we can make it fast. Uh, yes. Um, now, I have so many stories I could share with y'all. Um, I'm I work for the largest health system in Arkansas, and if I said the name, you would know it, being from Arkansas. But, no, you're not over the top of nothing. What was frightening to me is the Christian doctors and nurses and church family that caved to this so easily. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I, I actually got a religious exemption from that vaccination you would be surprised at the people that fussed at me about doing that at my church and my family. And I was just so floored by that. But mm. I thank y'all so much for this radio station that spoke the truth and kept people on a straight and narrow and not cave to this ridiculousness. I mean, I sincerely appreciate you and everyone in this radio station because wow. y'all did. Y'all did. Angie, God so. bless you, girl. God bless you. Go Hogs, go. You know what? I... There's something about the common sense of Arkansans that that was so remarkable in this whole thing. My my, uh, I've got I've got a a cousin named Shonda there, and she might might even be listening today. She also very much like you, Angie. She she led in the in the healthcare industry there and stood firm. Uh, you know, just so many people that 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 did the right thing, and in many ways were harmed as a result of it. But thank you, Matt Staver at Liberty Council, for representing, I forget how many thousands of healthcare workers got millions of dollars and jobs back and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of those fights are still to come. But uh, you know what, folks? Hey, listen, you got to have backbone in this stuff. you got to stand up. Sometimes you got to do civil disobedience. We can do that properly. And as Angie said, sometimes church-going folks will tell you, no, just cower and do whatever the government says. That's not what Romans 13 says. We get, I wish we had another hour to talk about that. But we are out of time. God bless you. Stay in the fight. I'll be with you and Walker Wildman tomorrow. You've been listening to At the Court with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.